Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Coach, we're ready to play. My name's John A. Tate. This is the Sporting Record. The whole Peloton's here today. M. Le, Collard. Le Hello. Hey, I mentioned M. Collard yeah. first. Yeah, yeah, get out of I'm it, I'm a Jimmy. bit excited. James Tate <laughs> as well. How, Le Peloton, how you going, everybody? We've got plenty of sport to talk about. Breaking news first, before anything else. Oh, here we go. Darcy Parrish has signed... For Essendon for another five or so years. We're very happy. Oh, We're very happy. Happy day in the Essendon household across s- Victoria. I dare say if our hero Darcy Parrish did not sign, I would have been an absolute wreck. Well, he's so a very good player. Good. You don't let very good players go easily. And no. it's it's a small little little pittance of hope <laughs> in a vast <laughs> sea of mediocrity for Essendon. So this is good. <laughs> Anyway, we must acknowledge uh, what we need to acknowledge. Yes, of course. Before we get started on today's show, the Sporting Record would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional custodians of the land from which we broadcast this program and on which much of our local sport is played. We'd like to pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. We'd also like to acknowledge the incredible contribution of First Nations athletes to this country's sporting life. Well said. There's plenty to talk about today, but we thought we'd devote the first half of the program to a topic that we we actually mentioned last week when no one else was really talking about it. Main, mm. main, small, mainstream sports media were not giving it the attention it deserved. Just a small article in the paper, you know, so we thought we'd bring it to light. But Kissgate has exploded this week. It's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I think it could be, yeah, it, it is everywhere. I think it could be more everywhere in terms of mainstream media and like the way it's being discussed is, in my opinion, a little concerning. Um, Ooh, how so? Ooh. Oh, I think just like the issue, like some people, especially the way the Spanish Football Federation has taken it on, has immediately condemned it and been like, this is really bad and you need to do something like FIFA and UEFA need to do something about this and they seem to be pretty on the ball about it, no pun intended. But I think just generally the nuance of general discourse is like, you know, it's a lot huge seeping misogyny in there and just the way that like, you know, discussing whether or not it is assault for when yeah. someone has explicitly said, I did not like it, I did not want it. Mm-hmm. And that is a concern that so much of the discussion is around whether or not it was a bad thing when if you ask the player involved, it was. Yeah. But before we get into that, I thought we'd just um, have a
have a little timeline for everybody to get get us all up to speed about what's happening, who's involved, who said what, yes, great. what the landscape looks like with and, it now. And just before we move on as well, just like to flag that there will be discussions of abuse and toxic masculine behaviour. So if those sort of things are a bit sensitive for you or might cause you a bit of trouble, feel free just to switch over to another station or take a break. But yeah, we'll be we'll be jumping into it because it's quite important that we discuss. Yeah, I think it's important to discuss. And yeah, like Jimmy said, we'll be discussing this for the first half of the show. So you can tune back in in the second half if this is something that you don't need to hear at the moment, which is absolutely fair enough. Um, so the incident, which obviously we touched on last week a little bit, was when the Spanish women's football team won the World Cup on the 20th of August. Obviously, you've got a lot of people coming up on stage um, of from Spanish football to celebrate with them and to hand out the medals. And as that was happening, the Spanish Football Federation president, Luis Rubiales, was handing out the medals. He grabbed uh, player Jenny Hermoso by the head, both hands on her head, and um, kissed her on the mouth uncons- like without consent and unsolicited and she we've confirmed this because she said she did not like it she did not want it she didn't ask for it like that's well he'd already given her a hug i think hadn't he and given then, her a hug then and then took the, her by the head went the rest of the way yeah took her by the head and then plant, planted a kiss on her mouth without um yeah without consent so in the days following i think people were a little bit like oh wow did that really just happen like you know one of the biggest women's sporting events in the world has just happened. Hugely successful is changing the landscape of the women's game. And now we're talking about the actions of some man who decided that it would be okay to assault one of the players Hmm. in front of the world like that. And in his, you know, the kind of initial repercussions of it um, were that he's like, yeah, Maybe I shouldn't have done that, but you know, I just two. It was two people getting caught up in the emotions of it. But <laughs> you can clearly see he grabs her by the head. There's no way that she could have like got out of that. Yeah, it wasn't two people. You know, it wasn't consensual. So what's happened since then is that the Spanish football governing body, the Royal Spanish Football Federation, um, held a meeting on Monday, and as a result of that meeting, they've asked. Um, Luis Rubiales to resign. They've issued a statement saying that he should quit and his behaviour was, it was unacceptable behaviour and has seriously damaged the sport. Mm. They also asked um, the the football's European governing body, UEFA, to expel Spain from the um, European football um, <laughs> from European football. That, that's a big call. <laughs> yeah, over the crisis, which would mean Spanish clubs couldn't compete in major tournaments. Whoa. Interestingly, UEFA rejected that. Whoa. So the Spanish Football Federation, they requested, you need to expel us until this is resolved, de- resolved and ah. UEFA rejected it, interestingly. Um, so prosecutors from the high country's highest court, the Audencia Nacional, have opened a preliminary investigation to look into the facts, which could constitute an offence of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Um, Luis Rubiales is actually already under investigation by the Royal Spanish Football Federation for an assault back of someone back in 2017. Oh, dear. Um, 
as of now, the Spanish women's squad said the entire World Cup squad, as well as dozens of other players, said they would not play for the national team while Mr. Rubiales was still in the job. Mm-hmm. The acting deputy prime minister, Yolanda Diaz, met with the union representing footballers in the country and then later held a press conference uh, where she said the country had a problem with systemic chauvinism um, and the Royal Football uh, Federation was rocked by a string of prominent resignations connected with its women's team. So four assistant coaches um, that just won the World Cup have quit. The Federation's vice president has quit, um, Rafael del Almo, who oversaw the Spain, Spanish women's setup. So everyone's jumping ship. Everyone's <laughs> leaving. FIFA have suspended Rubiales for 90 days. So UEFA hasn't done anything. FIFA's this kind of sus- suspension for 90 days. I'm not really sure what that's... Slap on the wrist, yeah. uh, too little, too late, kick, and all those kick, cliches. Kick the can down the road. <laughs> yeah. So it's just a bit disappointing, like I mentioned at the start, that you know what was meant to be a huge celebration, the pinnacle of this huge sporting event, one of the biggest mm. in women's sports history and in sports history generally, especially in Australia, we're breaking all kinds of viewership records yeah, and to have the this be the fallout of some one gross man's actions is pretty disappointing absolutely mud and i find it interesting co- to contrast the the men's and the women's world cup you know festivities as it were yeah. so in the women's world cup this thing happened which was shocking and appalling and incredible backlash and momentum has built up behind you know get rid of this abusive dude mm Contrasted to the Men's World Cup, where in the aftermath, Salt Bay, restaurateur extraordinaire, tried to get a photo with Messi, and Messi basically said to piss off. And that was the big thing. Mm. And there's, a, there's, a, there's an amazing contrast there between men's, where it's just like, oh, funny thing, Salt Bay got destroyed. And then in the women's, like, someone gets abused, yep. assaulted on yep. live TV. And it, it kind of stands testament to, you know just how wide the gap is in the equality debate and where we need to move forward culturally. Yeah, I think 100%. I think it's just clearly when there's so much of the debate around that situation was like, oh, was it, you know, he was just trying to, you know, he just got overwhelmed with his, like really trying to defend or look at a way in which the actions could be justified. But we all know that that would... Could you imagine, like, the president of the Argentinian Football Federation going up and kissing Messi like that? Like, people would be asking, like, football fans generally would be asking for that man's head, being like, how dare you you touch touch Messi (laughs) without his consent? And it's like, why is it that it's such a question? Like, why are we questioning Mm. her ability to give or not give consent when she's clearly stated that that wasn't okay. And like why it's just a clear message of like men still feel so entitled to do whatever they want to do and somehow justify it even when it, you know, is literally assault. Like how yeah. how is it possible and millions of people around the world are watching that and he's somehow trying to justify it as being okay is like such a interesting, you know, there's still a lot to go in terms of the like – just internalized and 
this is just dripping with misogyny uh, and sexism, sexism, and people dripping. don't realize it. And it's disappointing that their initial reaction in all, is always going to be, "Oh no, he just caught up, caught up in his emotions." Oh no, she didn't. She liked it. It's like what? No, like yeah, it's just so disappointing. And well said, as, uh, initial. Disappointing doesn't cover it, but... Well yeah. said, and I've been reading as much as I can about this issue, and it appears to me, despite the suspension on Rubiales, he is still determined to come back. Oh, he's doubling down. He's doubling down. So mm. I, I put it to you, John. <laughs> In yes. the midst of all this backlash, all these calls for his head, so to speak, why is he not backing down? Well, it's the thing that makes me a bit sad about it, actually, because he doesn't <clears throat> he doesn't understand what he's done. Mm. All right, he it hasn't got through. He's dealing with it very badly because he does the typical thing. He's got defensive. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm not coming. I've done nothing wrong. You know, and certainly a long, long, long way from an apology, oh, which yeah. would have been the best way to handle it. Would have been to say. Oh, look, I've got overcome by the excitement of the moment. I did the wrong thing. I'm really sorry. Uh, what can I do to fix this? Mm. All right? That's what you've got to do. But no, he's gone defensive, doesn't get it, says, I'm not going to resign. He's going to fight it. It just makes things worse. Yeah, I think that like initial, like, doesn't get it. I think that's a good point of like, it's just this. It's not registering. It's not even, it's not even registering that it's like such a subconscious, deeply held thing that like, that it, I think is pervasive that women are not like humans in the same way that men are for some men. Like the level of respect that other men deserve is not given to women. And that's what, like the fact that he doesn't get that. Is just so de- it's such a deep seated thing that yeah. people sometimes don't even recognize how they've done the wrong thing because they don't realize it. You know, I think that whole thing of women being like objects is still so like they're there for a purpose to serve men in some particular way, mm. not be on their level. I think that's part of it. It's like that's why he doesn't get it. Well said. Yeah, well and the said. other thing that makes me sad is the the players who did all the hard work. And they're sort of losing their moment in the sun because everyone's talking about... Yeah, it takes uh, away from... I'm sure it would be... It's like, you know, you've reached the pinnacle in soccer, everything you've been working towards, and then all of a sudden you've got, like, they're, you know, they're having to come out and, like, fight for their teammate, fight for their position in the in in soccer rather than celebrating and enjoying themselves and celebrating each other and the amazing work they've done. So, I, yeah, I really feel for the team. I'm really I'm sad for Jenny having to experience this and justify herself in a moment that should have been so joyful. Mm-hmm. Could I also just give a shout-out to the team and also the staff members who have all come down and thrown the hammer down and saying, we are not – we've just done the best thing mm. this country's ever done in the World Cup for the women's in, in any sporting event. And there would be a temptation to like, all right, let's ride this train. Uh, the the people in charge of these are assholes, but like, we could we could continue on to more and more success if we keep going. But pretty much every single player and most of the coach coaching staff have gone. No, nah, this is not good enough. Yeah, this is bigger than success. This is bigger than winning. This is about culture and our life and how we treat people. Yeah, and I think that is wonderful. It, 
it shouldn't have it shouldn't have to be like this. No. But that is wonderful to see. I I agree. And I I dream of a day where women in sport or you know non cis men in sport can have their moment in the sun without having to justify themselves like they can just exist there purely and joyfully for example the last winners of the world cup the usa after they won and they'd won two in a row they went um through this tremendous court battle in the u.s just to get equal pay with their men's team who have you know, failed to qualify for a World Cup. They're a rabble. They're for decades and they can't, they don't get paid as much as them and they've literally won the world, you know. So I dream of a day when you can win these sporting events and be, you know, appreciated to the fullest in every sense of the word. Well said. It's a pity it happened in our country too. Yeah. And uh, I wonder why that guy even had to be up on the stage. Well, I think they just get, you know, it's the same with AFL Grand Finals. They get all important administrators up there to present certain things. And And you have to remember, the players hate their coach. (laughs) So you've got to get someone who's not the coach to give out the medals. (laughs) And this this idiot was was picked. This this guy was chosen. (laughs) So that's well said, everybody. We'll go to a few announcements now. And on the way back, we're going to talk about the AFLW coming up. Here we go. Here we go. Gas is a toxic fossil fuel, yet gas exploration by Sonic Explosion is planned for the Otway Basin. Seismic blasting kills plankton and deafens whales, disrupting their migration. This blasting is opposed by coastal communities from Geelong to Apollo Bay and Warrnambool who strive to protect the ocean ecosystems. Bring Whale Song into Nam City, Friday the 15th of September at Queen's Bridge near Flinders Street at 4.30pm and onto the State Library for 5.30pm. Rally for Whale Song Not Gas is hosted by Extinction Rebellion, a 3CR supporter. October is the month for all your country and Americana good times. Sleep at the Wheel, Thornby Theatre with Summer Dean on the 13th. Melissa Carper, Brunswick Ballroom on the 16th. Willie Watson at the Mimo Music Hall on the 19th. Thornby Theatre on the 20th. And Menian Town Hall on the 21st. Jenny Don't and the Spurs, the Pink Stones and the Burrs Band play Brunswick Ballroom on the 12th and the Barwon Club Geelong on the 13th. All this and more this October. Love Police supports 3CR. How good did we sound on those announcements? Oh, those voiceovers. Wow. Absolutely beautiful. We've got to get you in on the action, Em. Yeah, I got a sound list. Sad, I think. <laughs> yeah, that was my notes for last for the last one. Just think happy thoughts. Think yeah. happy thoughts. Yeah. So, talking of happy thoughts, how's the segue? AFLW is starting tomorrow. Hey, I'm very excited. Very excited. Tomorrow night, Melbourne and Collingwood at Icon Park. Yes, and a number of the sporting records uh, co-hosts and people. And us, a number of the co-hosts. A number of us. <laughs> yes, will be at the game, and there's a sweetener. Missy Higgins will be playing. Missy Higgins. Missy Higgins. The legend of Australian music will be playing at the AFLW opener. So for all of you out there who want to get a bit of footy and a bit of Missy Higgins, this is a a once-in-a-lifetime thing, I think. We won't see Missy Higgins play much more because, you know, Missy's on to bigger and better things. 
get down to Icon Park tomorrow. Tickets are $10. Ten bucks. Ten dollars. For Missy Higgins for and Missy Higgins Elite and Football. Pure the purest football you'll ever see. Just up the road in Carlton. Just up the road in Carlton. And Public transport's pretty good. Missy Higgins she's playing in the pre game. So game oh. starts at seven twenty. So you gotta get there early enough so you don't miss miss the excitement. So there's a lot to look forward to this season, but I thought We'll do something we don't do very often on the sporting record. We'll talk about who we think will win. Oh. How do you feel about that, John? Well, footy tips. Yeah, but the season-wide footy tips. Oh, well, okay. I haven't got much to add. Well, I do. And this is why we prepare. <laughs> Go so, in my estimation, there are four teams who have a great crack at winning. You know, we can all hopefully say, oh, Essendon, they could, but they you know, come on. So, four teams... Uh, the reigning premiers is Melbourne, mm. and they have the exact same team going in, except no Daisy Pierce, the goat of the game. Daisy's moving on to bigger and better things, has a family to raise and a blossoming media career, and she puts a lot of people to shame with how good she is. And she's oh, still she's... coaching down at Geelong? Is she still doing that? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think you so. Know, yeah. Got a nice buffet of things for Daisy to do. Mm. But Melbourne are the team to beat. Melbourne are the team to beat. You can catch them tomorrow night at Icon Park and hey. see why they're the team to beat. But they've basically got the same team going in, defending the premiership, bada-bing, bada-boom. The other three are Adelaide, who are looking pretty good. They went out in the prelim last year. They got a couple outs, a couple ins, a little shake-up. I think they'll, they'll be strong again. They're consistently... Been very strong over the years. I think they'll. I think they'll be up there again. They're a for great sure. team, and they're very well coached. Mm. So they're always going to be a force. Then you've got Brisbane, who are a fantastic team last year, but they've had a couple losses, a couple big losses. So star forward Jesse Wardlaw gone. Yep. Best and fairest Emily Bates gone, and all Australian Greta Bodie gone. So that's not good for Brisbane. No, it's that's not great. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they'll like. They had a pretty heartbreaking loss in the grand final last year, which I'm sure will spur them on this year. But that's they're pretty significant losses. They're, they've got to find something special to get up on top. Yeah. Then the, finally, North Melbourne, mm-hmm. always a good team. Yet again, they put their men's team to shame. This oh, unit, yes. Again, they were out in the prelims last year. Cup, again, couple outs, couple ins. Teams looking pretty good. Yep. Well, they lost to Melbourne, I think, in and the they, prelim, and they won the big. And dance. they won the big dance. So I think you know they've. I think they're up there with a chance. I, not that we're putting money on this, but if there was, I think you know, I think North's looking pretty good. North, okay. Don't put your money on it. Don't put your money put on your it. Put your hopes on it. Yeah, hopes and dreams. Hopes and dreams. What do you think, John? Uh, well, I'm looking forward to uh, the game tomorrow night, uh, Saturday night. Essendon's playing Hawthorne yep. at Kinetic Stadium. Where the are you going? Is, to, are, you going um, are you going to Kinetic Stadium? Where? Well, it would be helpful to know where on earth that is. That's what I think. Anyway, <laughs> I had to look it up. It's down at Frankston. Ah, ah Franger. It's the Frankston Footy Club's home ground. The Frankston. Dolphins. Not sure why we're playing there. Does Hawthorne have a connection? Or, I don't know. It's, no, an, it's less than a home game. No. That's anyway. strange. Pref- well, it's it's this similar to Melbourne and Collingwood playing at Icon Park. For some reason. Yeah, that's true, I suppose. The way these minds at the AFL headquarters work, I don't quite understand, um, but that's okay. You know what? I'm there not sure I ever will either. 
My last question is, how do we get to see these games if we're not going like you two? What, mm. where, where, what do I tune into? Well, they're always streamed on KO, which okay. is the streaming service owned by Fox Sports. All right. So they're all available on there. And then you can catch the occasional game on Channel 7. But that's with the proviso that Channel 7, this weekend the, the men's are off. They've got a week off. Yeah. And then the finals start. So, of course, they'll be preferring the men's finals over the AFLW. And Seven might put it on their little stations. They might put it on their little stations. Seven plus. Yeah, which, which again is disappointing that the start of the AFLW season overlaps with the men's finals. Mm. Takes yeah. away from the momentum of the whole thing. I think we go back to John's point from a while ago of have the mid-season buy round for the men all fall on the same week and start AFLW then. Yeah, yeah get the real momentum. You yeah. know, momentum's important. Yeah, I agree. It I doesn't think, matter that there's overlap because no. you can have double headers. How well, good th- would that be? This is literally what's happening in the NRL currently. Um, and I think it goes to Alex Saundry's point that for some reason the support of the women's game in things like NRL and cricket has been wildly more successful and less controversial than AFLW for some reason. And that is for the last few weekends for Newcastle Knights, for example, they've sold out their last home games and they've had a triple header. So they've had the New South Wales Cup, so the reserve grade play. Then they've got the NRLW, the women's team, and then they've got the men's team playing. And because all of them have been sold out, the women's, by the time the women were playing, they've got 19,000 watching them. So that was... And the way that their socials work is like all is one team, like, you know, two teams and one club and they're promoting each and it's wonderful to see. Yeah. And I just don't know why there isn't that sort of cohesiveness yet with the AFL, you know? Yeah. Strange. Yeah. But anyway, it's a it's a free weekend of men's footy, so it's great that the women are starting off this week. Absolutely. If you're in Melbourne and you want to go to a game, so there's this game tomorrow night at Icon Park. Carlton are playing Gold Coast at Icon Park Saturday afternoon. And uh, or you can get if you're down Frankston Way, you can go to Kinetic Stadium. Most of the other games are sort of uh, 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 derbies. You got mm. Fremantle and West Coast playing each other at Fremantle Oval. You got Sydney and GWS playing each other at North Sydney Oval. You got uh, the Swans. North Melbourne are, are playing St Kilda down at Blundstone Arena in Hobart. Yeah, the Battle of the Bottom. And um, who else? <laughs> Norwood. Oh yeah, Adelaide and Port Adelaide are playing in Norwood. So yeah, there you go. People should get out there. It's, it, Go to a live game. And women's footy is the purest form of football you'll get right now. It's great. The good old-fashioned footy where you, you know... Like it's hard. Tackling the, the tackle tackling. pressure is huge. You're at suburban grounds. I like the fact that there's 16 players from each team on the ground. That's still the case, isn't it? Yes. So there's more room to move. There's more, more movement. Move. It's better. It's like the good old days. There's... They, the. The boundary umpires come in for throw-ins. We've got the lasso rule. I think these rules are great. I'd be interested to see them play out at AFLM. Yes, <laughs> AFLM has a lot to learn from AFLW. Mm-hmm. The whole AFL organisation has a lot to learn from the NRL. Yeah, so and A-League as well. And the A-League. They've, they're, the way that they divvy up, their, they've got A-League men, A-League women. Yep. You know? AFLM isn't that far off, hopefully. No. So we're running out of time. So we've got two brief good news stories here, John. Okay, we like talking about Australians who are doing well overseas, world champions. We've got a world champion golf player. His name is Zach Wolf. Wolf. And he is the 
under sevens world champion golfer. <laughs> yes, Zach. Right, he went to uh, Pine. Uh, so there is an under sevens. There's an yeah. under sevens world. Yeah, is there a, an under eight? It's or? a big tournament in the USA at Pinehurst Resort of all age groups. But Zach is an amazing little player. He's the seven year old champion. And he's followed up because last year he was the six-year-old champion, oh. world champion. He's a double champ by seven yeah. years old. Yeah. If, yeah. if Zach continues on this trajectory, we could be looking at the greatest Australian athlete of all time. Well, the next Tiger Woods, I think. Yeah. That's awesome. Let's keep an eye on Zach. Yeah, I think we should. He's from. He's local. He's from Melbourne. Yeah. Well, Good. I can imagine us ten thing. years, the sporting record continues. We're Record, you know, reporting on a 17-year-old, Zach, who's just won the PGA Tour Fantastic. or something. His bio says that he, he scored a hole-in-one at Rosebud Country Club. Oh, my oh. goodness. What a legend. Yes. So we're running out on time. So the last news story, the La Vuelta, España, the third biggest cycling race in the world, and the men's competition is on right now. Hey. You can catch it on SBS after about 10 p.m. every night. And an Australian has just won back-to-back stages. Oh, that's it's, awesome. It's Caden Groves, he's riding with the shampoo team. <laughs> And and what town in Saudi Arabia is that? No, no, no it's no. the Alpacine team. Alpacine, Ca- <laughs> Alpacine caffeine shampoo. Yeah, That's okay. Right. Anyway, Caden Groves. He's from Gympie. Twenty-four years old. He's won two stages in a row. He's a sprinter. He's a sprinter. Oh, that's so wonderful. Big and, powerful and he's and also wearing the green jersey at the moment, which is the, the green jersey. Well, this is called the sprinter's jersey. Oh, great. Sort of the points one. So that's great news. So to take you out today on the Sporting Record, we've got our last jazz anthem. Oh. Well, it's not our last one, but it's, it's one that I picked up the other day. It's a Robert K. Crawford one, so it's the really old one from the early 60s. Awesome. And uh, I managed to find it. I've still got a few to go, but this is the Carlton one. So have a good week, everybody. This has been the Sporting Record. You're on 855 AM 3CR. Get tuned for Yenar Passaran. <laughs> The navy blues, we are the good old navy blues. We're the team that never lets them down. We're the only team, oh, pal.